If you would turn to Second Chronicles, the 17th chapter. Now, I'm not going to read the whole text. I just want to read the first verse of this chapter. Because one of the first steps in being able to let go is to understand that it is God's plan for us to let go. And it is God's plan for us to let go because he never meant for his purpose to be completed in any one life or in any one generation. We were made to be replaced. We were made to be succeeded. Look at the microcosm of this lesson in this first verse. Jehoshaphat, his son, that is, he was Asa's son, and uh, uh, a descendant or a son of David, Jehoshaphat, his son, then became king in his place and made his position over Israel firm. That's the way it is meant to be. We are meant to raise our kids in such a way that they can take our place and they can do a better job than we've done. And there's no way that we can do that without stepping aside. There's no way that we can do that without separating ourselves from that, at least in a sense. You know the call of Abraham. You know God in the 12th chapter, it's noted in the third verse, said to Abraham this, when he called out, when he, was, when he was making a people for himself, and he was calling together a chosen certain people, he said this to Abraham. He said, through you, all of the families on the earth will be blessed. Now let me ask you this. Was he talking to Abraham as a person? Was he even talking just to the people who walked out with Abraham that day? No, God was not going to complete his purpose just in that life or even in that generation. As a matter of fact, the accurate interpretation of that verse is not found in the Old Testament, it's found in the New Testament. You can find one interpretation in Acts chapter 3, verse 25. Peter is looking at believers hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later. And look at what he says to them that day. He says, It is you who are the sons of the prophets and who are of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you see, then, it is God's plan not to fully complete what he has begun in us without our passing it off to others. And over the years he will complete it. Over the journeys he will complete it. Over the eons he will complete it. That's his plan. Now if we know that plan, why is it so tough for some of us to let go? To say, have at it. You know, you laugh or you cry. You know, you're going to fly or you're going to crash. But just have at it. Well, I'll give you a couple reasons. First of all, they're not very confident that what has been prophesied of them will be fulfilled in them. Now, we know that feeling. We know that, that God certainly thinks a lot of us, but 
what he said couldn't possibly be true for our lives. It might have been true for the prophet's lives or the saint's lives, but for our lives? How does it affect you when in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says this. Let me just read it to you. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, and that's many of you here, he who believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Jesus just said that if you're a follower of his, you will do greater things than he did. Now, do you think that you're even comparable to Jesus? Was he lying? What happened? No. First of all, we feel inadequate to do those kinds of things. We feel inadequate to live up to the expectations of our parents. And so it's, it's so easy for, for kids that don't feel... I mean, they come out thinking, man, this is... First of all, there's, there's, they're, they're kind of ambivalent about this. They have this kind of cockiness to say, move over and I'll fix it. But inside, they're thinking, man, these people... No, I, they know how to run the world, and I'm, and I'm going to come up and contribute my, my deal here. I, I don't think I'm going to contribute much. The point is that when we go into this world, you know, we don't have a great deal of confidence. So, so parents or trainers or disciples can get, kind of get sucked back into the role of helping and protecting. And that's the other reason. Because even though it's not difficult for us to believe that our children will succeed, it's not difficult for us. I mean, I got three boys. They're wonderful kids. Well, two men now. One, only one kid left. And I can see how every one of them are going to succeed and exceed what I've done in this world. That part's not difficult. The difficult part is allowing them to make all of the mistakes I've just made. That's the difficult part. You see, we've just been through this world. We've, we've walked this place a few times. And we know there's no mercy out there. I mean, it's going to be rough. And people are so competitive and many times so cruel that we wish they didn't have to go through it. And if we just talk enough, maybe they won't have to go through it. Yes, they will. That's life. That's just how it is. Some of you have been preparing for this for years. You, you remember, I was talking with a baseball family here before the service. You, you remember what it was like being your, your kid's baseball partner, you know? You'd get out and you'd throw and you'd, you'd you know, you, you, just, you just were a partner for a while. And then they got on an organized baseball team and, and maybe you were the coach or manager for a while. But there came a day when you had to go to the bleachers. There came a day when your voice was just one of a hundred. And they couldn't discern it out of all the rest. There came a day when you watched that batter hit that ball through their legs. And every voice but yours cried out, Oh, no! And there wasn't a thing that you could do to shield that kid from the shame and the embarrassment that they were going through. There came that day. You know what? It doesn't end when they get out of Little League. For the rest of our lives, 
we're trying to learn how to just be a part of the bleacher section and cheer them. But there's nothing we can do to protect them anymore. How then do we let go when we love them so much? Well, there's a couple of ways. First of all, you've got to prepare as you have time as much as you can before they get to that stage. And I'm talking now not only about your children, but about your friends or about your trainees or whatever. If you've been listening to me the last few weeks, I've told you the major points of preparing them for spiritual maturity, what they need at those stages. There's another uh, uh, aspect or another view of this that's, that's quite good, and I, I'll recommend a book to you uh, it's called The Blessing. It's by Smalley and Trent. We got it in the bookstore. It's just a little paperback. costs about five or six bucks. But, but they have written this book about um, making sure your kids have the blessing before they, before they go out of the house. Um, and, and what they do is they analyze Genesis chapter uh, 27, where Isaac gives the blessing to who he at first thinks is Esau, but it's really Jacob. And they, and they say there's five elements in that blessing. And I like this. I'll, I'll just name them for you real quickly. Five elements. First one is meaningful touch. Do you know how badly your kids need to be touched. We're physical people. I mean, no matter how spiritual you get, you're still physical. You got a body. And your body likes to feel the affirmation of a physical touch. It is so important for you to, to consistently and always be able to pat your kid on the back or, or grab him around the shoulder. You, you, may not, you may be embarrassed to do this deal, but, but just to, you know, do one of those. You know, just a physical touch. That's so important. That's part of the blessing that people have to have for you. Send them out. And, and well, I, I won't get into all this this long because that that's another sermon altogether. But, but there's also, uh, they need to hear, hear, Spoken love. Don't assume that your kids or those under your uh, tutelage understand you love them. Don't do a fiddler on the roof thing. Hey, I lived here for 25 years. I'm here, aren't I? You know, you know. You ought to be able to pick this up by now. No, say it. Say it with your mouth. Form the words. I love you. That's a good thing. Say it. They need to hear that. They need, to, they need to know, third, that you respect them. Every person under your guidance, every person that you're nurturing, ought to have at least one area of their life where they know you look at them and go, wow, that's really, I really respect that. 